You may be seated. Our scripture reading today is found in Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should fully should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. So then, Each of us will give an account of himself to God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I hope you're all doing well today. That you abide, abide, what's the word? Abide is the word I'm looking for in faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ. Let's hope that's the last one of those kind of stumbles this morning. As we look at the word of God in Romans chapter 14, The Apostle Paul is urging us, in fact challenging us, to evaluate what our lives are all about, to evaluate what we're living for, to think through what it means to be children of faith in Jesus Christ. Those are are big questions, and they're questions that we've kind of been asking ourselves since we were little, right? When you maybe were little, you played the game, you know, what would you die for? Or you start thinking about that maybe more as you're reading through the news, and you're looking at things, I know whenever I see news of the absurd and you read the end of the story or the beginning of the story and somebody died doing something crazy, you kind of have that moment in your head where you're like, you died for that? Right? And maybe, maybe I evaluate in my own life, or I do evaluate in my own life some of the crazy things that I do, and I wonder why on earth I do them. Like a couple of months ago, some of us signed up to run a marathon with Team World Vision. Right? Some of you guys are in this too. And you're in the middle of a long run. Like this weekend, the run was 16 miles. right? If you're wondering, Pastor Max was telling Pastor Dan last night, 16 miles is from the gazebo at the center of Carmel to the center of Grand Park and back. And in the middle of that run, you're afraid that you might live. Right? And you're asking yourself in the middle of, why am I doing this? Like, what, what is wrong with me? And you ask yourself that in other times too. Other seasons of life. More serious moments. And the root of that question is really a far more important question, which is what am I living for? Right? What are we living for? What are we spending each day doing? 
What are the things that we value? What are the things that give us meaning and purpose? What are the things that, that wake us up and get us going? What are those things? That's the question that's being asked of us. When we start to discover what we value, we start to discover that, that purpose, that meaning that our lives have, the calling that God has on each one of us. Well, we signed up to run for a reason. Not just because we're short a few brain cells, but so we can raise money for world vision so that people can have clean water who don't have clean water. And in fact, I'll, I'll be honest with you, there are times, even on this last run, we're in the middle of it, I said to myself, I'm running because there's somebody right now who's walking through far more treacherous and dangerous territory trying to get clean water for their family, not because they have the luxury of training for a marathon. It gives you purpose. It makes you realize why you're doing the things you're doing. And that purpose can only start with a foundation of who you are. The Scriptures lay this foundation over and over again. The Apostle Paul lays this foundation for us in the midst of Romans chapter 14 when he talks to us about what Jesus Christ has done. And he says in this text multiple times, we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. We are accepted by our God. We're reminded of what Jesus did for us. We're reminded that His life and His death, that we might have life, that we might have a purpose to live for, that we might know who we are, and don't just zone out, brothers and sisters, because this isn't a cliche. It's not a part that I just have to throw into my sermon. It's that in which we must reflect truly each day what it means to know the grace of God poured out on each one of us, the grace which is received by faith alone, the faith that God gives to us. Those weren't just Reformation truths. They're truths for each one of us. To know the work of Jesus Christ, to know that you belong to Jesus. Paul talks about disputable matters in Romans 14. This isn't one of those disputable matters. This is what it means to say our life of faith is begun and is, con is continued in Jesus Christ. The life of faith that we have that began at a baptismal font like that one. Wherever it was that you were baptized, that you can mark that moment, it began a life of faith, a journey that you are on now as you walk every single day with Jesus, as you walk every single day knowing that you are His child. When we know what Jesus has done, when we know who we are, we can tell our life story this way. We can say, I was baptized, and then I. But maybe you look back on your life to this point and you say, I'm not so proud of all the things that I've done. Or maybe you look back in your life to this point and you say, you know, there are a lot of things that I haven't done as a result of my baptism and being a child of God, and that's where we rest in the grace of God alone. Where we know that He forgives us. Where we know that He still calls us to those in-course correction so we can tell a different story so we can say i was baptized and now and now this is what i'm doing to live out my faith to live out my life as a testimony to what jesus has done for me see that's what it means to live as a christian it means living a life that reflects what you believe about jesus christ reflects what you believe about what Jesus has done for you. Your walk, your, your faith, is a witness to the world. So what does your walk say that you believe? Does being a believer change anything about your life? It should. In fact, according to the Scriptures, it must. 
Right? The Apostle Paul says we will all one day give account for our lives. We will give account for the ways that our lives gave testimony to what Jesus Christ had done for us. And that's a tall order, isn't it? It's a tall order for us to think every day that we're to live our lives according to the faith that God has worked in our hearts. Because it means that there'll be change. And it means that we have to live for things that matter. And let's be honest, we don't all live for things that matter. Right? We live for lots of things. We do lots of things every single day. There were the same kind of conflicts in the Roman church. Paul writes about them. He says that there was a conflict, a dispute, which had arisen in this church about whether one should only eat vegetables or whether one should eat meat along with those vegetables. And there was a lot that was behind that controversy that I'm not going to get into this morning. But rest assured that the Apostle Paul tells us that life is more than food. And he tells those Roman Christians that this disputable matter about which they were arguing, this conflict that had arisen among them, it simply didn't matter that much. There was another conflict among them. It was a conflict about when they should worship, which day was the most holy. Right? And everybody knows that the most holy time to worship God is Sunday at the 1035 Contemporary Service in Carmel. Right? But there was conflict among them. The conflict, Paul said, simply doesn't matter. The conflict simply isn't a reflection of your life in Jesus. And if you're living for those disputable things, if you're living for those things that simply don't matter, that aren't that important in life, then you're living for the wrong stuff. And so Paul says, knock it off. Instead, focus on those things that truly matter. And he tells them how to deal with them. He says in each one of those situations, whether it's a dispute about food or about the way and time that you should worship, whatever that matter is that you're disputing, that thing that really isn't that important, simply give thanks to God for it. And move on. Move on to more important things. Move on to the calling which God has placed in your life of making your life a display of your faith. We still do it, don't we? And so ask yourself, what are the things that you're making a big deal about that really don't have lasting consequence? What are the things in your life that you're spending undue time on that really don't matter that much. Give thanks to God for those things and put them away. And move on to the things that God is truly calling you to. The things that he is, he is calling you to do to make a difference in the world. Maybe not the world at large, but your world. The sphere that God has given you. Where is God calling you to make a difference? And I know, I know that there are some of you who are here who will say, I can't serve God in my life because I'm too fill-in-the-blank. right? I'm too old. I'm too rich and powerful. I'm not rich and powerful enough. I'm too inconsequential. Whatever it might be, understand that someone else has made that objection to God already. And we have examples of every single one of them in the Scriptures. I'm too old. Does anyone remember how old Moses was when he was called to lead the Israelite people out of slavery in the book of Exodus? How old was he? Somebody knows, say it out. 80 years old. Eight zero years old. So for the rest of you who are 80 or around 80, just be glad God's not calling you to go against the strongest empire in the world. But understand that God still has a calling and a purpose for you. 
Or if you say, I'm too influential, too many people rely on me and on what I'm doing, think of a guy named Solomon, who was the wealthiest man in all the land that God called to be his servant. Or if you say the opposite, I I don't have a lot of means and I'm not really a person of influence, recount the number of shepherds that God calls in the Scriptures to be his servants. Or if you say, I'm too inconsequential. How about the lowly servant peasant girl named Mary? Still think you're inconsequential? That God knows each one of us and knows our season and knows our state and calls us uniquely to make a difference where we are called. I want you to start simply with thinking through the ways that God has worked in your life. And with giving a demonstration of that. How is your life different because you belong to Jesus? Chances are, He's not calling you to be Moses or to be Mary. He's calling you to be you. And so what gets you out of bed in the morning? Well, people answer that question in all sorts of different ways, right? This is my wife's answer. And if she were standing here, she would say the same thing, by the way. I'm not, not speaking bad of her. But what gets you out of bed in the morning? I found that a lot of people, even a lot of Christians, don't remember. They don't remember what, what gets them going. They don't remember what their purpose and their calling is in life. In fact, their life has become more like this. Wake up and smell the routine. We've gotten into a rut. Now, routines are important, don't get me wrong, but sometimes they need to be adjusted so we can remember what it is God is calling us to, so we can remember that we are meant to be alive in Jesus Christ, that we are meant to be alive in our unique callings. And, and I know what our temptation is. Our temptation in the midst of this is to say, I want to do it, but I don't want to go through the hard work of discovering it, and so I'm going to look to somebody that I admire, and I'm going to try to be like them. Well, guess what? God doesn't call you to reflect somebody else that you admire. God calls you to reflect Jesus. To reflect His love poured out on you as you are about important things. As you are about things that matter. Uh, The great American prophet Mark Twain wrote this. The two most important days in your life are the day that you're born and the day that you discover why. We might change that a little bit within the church. We might say the three most important days are the day you were born, the day you were baptized and called a child of God, and the day that you discovered why. The day that God worked in you to discover the purpose that He has for you, to discover what it means to live in His power, to understand that this isn't meant to be exhausting, but that instead, as He says to the Romans, God will provide a way for you to stand. God will enable you to live this calling every day of your life. And so I want you to get busy with this. To asking and answering that question, what am I living for? And I want you to take a small step tomorrow morning. I want you to to wake up tomorrow slightly differently. And maybe some of you already do this. And maybe for some of you it'll start tonight. Make yourself a little note. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Something that says, I am loved by God. I'm a child of God. Jesus loves me. Something that reminds you at the start of the day, the first message that you will see, that you belong to Jesus. 
that you are His chosen and forgiven, redeemed child. That His grace is showered on you. Maybe you're not a message on the, on the mirror type. So here's something else you could do. In fact, something that, that I was taught growing up that I wasn't supposed to do. Maybe you make the sign of the cross. You see, I was taught not to do that because we didn't belong to that denomination. But what a good thing for you to do first thing in the morning instead of this. What was the news from last night? Instead to start with I am a loved child of God who belongs to Him. Or it's a simple prayer. God, thank You for Your love showered in my life. Show me how I can serve You today. Remind me of my calling. And then you have to do one other thing. Then you have to keep your eyes and your heart open to the ways that God will use you. Open to the ways that He will use you in whatever your unique station and season of life is. And so as you go about your work for the day, you understand that it's different because you're a believer. Whatever your work might be, it's what God has given you to do. Or that you don't go to work, what it is that God has given you to do. Or because the kids woke you up earlier than you wanted to wake up, to know that that's the season in which God has called you. Or to the spouse that's next to you, to know that that's the person to which God has called you, whatever it might be, to understand the reason why God is waking you up with His grace this day. To know that you can be about things that matter. That you can live your life knowing the gifts of God poured out onto you. That you can live your life convinced of what Jesus Christ has done. And there's one more warning that the Apostle Paul has for us in Romans. He tells us in the midst of all of it, don't use this as an example or a time for you to start judging the people around you. Don't, don't spend your time focused on what everybody else is and isn't doing. Instead, do the things that God's calling you to do. A pastor named Matthew Henry wrote this, in judging and censoring our brethren, we meddle with that which does not belong to us. We have work enough to do at home. And if we must needs be judging... Let us exercise our, our faculty upon our own hearts and our own ways. In other words, Lord, help me to be about things that matter in my life. Help me to be an example and to live my life as a testimony for what you've done for me. Lord, help me to be fully convinced in my own mind of what you have done for me so that I can demonstrate it in every part of my life. Lord, help me to know my identity as a child of God so that I might live out the purpose and calling which you've placed before me. And in all those things, we have this great privilege of living lives that matter because Jesus lived and died for us. It's the last thing. The reformers, in the midst of their solas, their alones, had an important phrase that they coined. The phrase... In Latin, is soli dea gloria. They used three letters a lot of times at the bottom of their correspondence or a lot of the works that they were writing, theological treatise. At the bottom of it, they would write soli dea gloria, to God alone be the glory. A bunch of composers like Bach and Handel took up this practice and wrote it at the bottom of their works as well. To God alone be the glory. And what a privilege we have, brothers and sisters, 
as we live lives that matter because of Jesus who lived and died for us, to at the end of each day and even at the end of our lives, to write three simple letters or the words, to God alone be the glory. In Jesus Christ, amen.